lived with put himself in moral danger. As a private informer, in an unsatisfactory job, and with a shady past behind me, I suppose I'd ask for it. Above us soared a sky that a bad lyric poet would certainly have called Cerulean. It was early April, mid-morning on a promising day. Just across the Tiber, everyone in the imperial city was twisting garlands for a long, warm springtime of festivals. We were well into the third year of Vespasian's reign as emperor, and it was a time of busy reconstruction as burnt-out public monuments were rebuilt after the civil wars. If I thought about it, I was in a mood for some refurbishment myself. Talia must have despaired of proceedings out in the arena, for she threw a few harsh words over a barely decent shoulder, then left the trainers to get on with it. She came over to greet us. Behind her we could see people still cajoling the elephant, who was a very small one, along the ramp that was supposed to bring him to a platform. From this they had hopefully stretched a tightrope. The baby elephant could not yet see the rope, but he knew he did not like what he had discovered about his training program so far. At Talia's arrival, my own worries became wilder too. She not only had an interesting occupation, but unusual friends. One of them lay around her neck like a scarf. I'd met him at close quarters once before, and still blenched at the memory. He was a snake, of modest size, but gigantic curiosity, a python one of the constricting species. He obviously remembered me from our last meeting, for he came reaching out delightedly, as if he wanted to hug me to death. His tongue flickered, testing the air. Talia herself took careful handling. With commanding height and a crackling voice that cut right across this huge arena, she could always make her presence felt. She also possessed a shape few men could take their eyes off. Currently, it was draped in silly strips of saffron gauze, held in place by gigantic jewellery that would break bones if she dropped any of it on your foot. I liked her. I sincerely hoped she liked me. Who wants to offend a woman who is sporting a live python for effect? Falco, you ridiculous bastard! Uh, Being named after one of the graces had never affected her manners. She stopped in front of us, feet planted apart to help support the snake's weight. Her huge thighs bulged through the flimsy saffron. Bangles the size of trireme rollocks gripped tightly on her arms. I started to make introductions, but nobody was listening. "'Your gigolo looks jaded!' Talia snorted to Helena, jerking ahead at me. They had never met before, but Talia did not trouble with etiquette. The python now peered at me from her pillowing bosom. He seemed more torpid than usual, but even so, something about his disparaging attitude reminded me of my relatives. He had small scales, beautifully patterned in large diamond shapes. "'So what's this, Falco? Come to take up my offer?' I tried to look innocent. I did promise to come and see your Actalia. I sounded like some stuffed green fig barely out of his toga protexta. 
making his first solemn speech in court at the Basilica. There was no doubt I'd lost my case before the usher set the water clock. Talia winked at Helena. He told me he was leaving home to seek employment taming tigers. Taming Helena takes all my time. I got in. He told me, Helena said to Talia, as if I had never spoken. He was a tycoon, with big olive vineyards in Samnium, and that if I tickled his fancy, he would show me the seven wonders of the world. Well, we all make mistakes, Talia sympathized. Helena Justina crossed her ankles with a swift kick at the embroidered flounce on her skirt. They were devastating ankles. She could be a devastating girl. Talia was giving her a practiced scrutiny. From our previous encounters, Talia knew me to be a low-life informer.